When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by The Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Jim Ryan. And together we're taking you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to see, and things to do. And today, Jamie, we're sticking a little bit closer to home than usual. That's right, Jim. This time of year, I feel like a lot of folks spend their weekends a little closer to home. Yeah. Maybe you don't want to do that big trip out to the gorge. Maybe you're not looking to do the big giant hike, but you still want to get outside and stay active. Yeah, or, or at least settle into a routine that's a little maybe less travel intensive than, say, it would be during the summertime. So we've decided to dedicate this show to maybe some of the things you can do in the winter that are a bit closer to home, at least for us here in Portland. That's right. This week's episode is all about some of the best things to do in the Portland area in wintertime. Those rainy day hikes that we've talked about in a previous episode, as well as some nature strolls through some wildlife preserves and just some regular hikes around town that are great to hit any time of year. Where should we start with this? I mean, there's a lot to cover, but maybe let's start with this. Why should we get out in the wintertime and go hiking or explore a wildlife preserve or do something like that in the first place? Um, I would say because nature is amazing. Easy answer. <laughs> and getting outside is great. Another easy answer. And it, you don't just have to do that when it's nice outside. And for me, I simply cannot only do that when it's nice outside. Yeah. Regardless of the weather, I get stir crazy and I have to get out there. So for me, it's a matter of not, am I going to go outside? But where am I going to go outside at this time of year? And that's what we're going to talk about today, Jamie. So you, as the outdoors and travel reporter for the Oregonian, you've traversed just about every trail there is here in the Portland area. You know, I've tried my best. That's and, for sure. And so we're talking Forest Park, Tryon Creek, where you rattled off one before we even started recording. I've never even heard of before. <laughs> I think that's a good place to start. What maybe would you recommend for people this time of year? Well, I get this question a lot pretty much year round of yeah. people saying, you know, hey, I'm bringing in someone from out of town. We want to go hiking around Portland just for the day. Where should we go? Where's the yeah. place we should go? And of course, like we said, there's a lot of places you can go. What I recommend is some of the more iconic hikes in Portland. So this is for maybe if you're a tourist coming in or if you don't do a lot of hiking, and you just want to see what is Portland's best. I'd say for me, it's hands down the hike to Piddock Mansion, going through um, the Wildwood Trail 
and going up the hill there. It's just, it's got everything. It's got little tiny waterfalls. It's got beautiful forest. You got the stone house or the witch's castle, as people call it there. Depending what you want to yeah. refer to it as. Yep, which I believe is newly painted with anti-graffiti covering. Oh, rock on. Uh, that so was, that's great. It's been a problem in the past. It has. And once you get to the top, you've got the gardens of Piddick Mansion and the grounds there, and it's beautiful views of town. That's one spot. I think that also, though, for people who live here and just want to get out somewhere. Probably done Piddick, right. you know, a, any number of times. So what else? This is where it really branches out. Okay. And what I tend to ask people is like, well, what kind of experience are you looking for? Do you want a lot of mileage? You might want to go to Forest Park, right? Do you want to get some good riverside views? Because then you've got Savi Island. Do you want to sort of a quiet meditative hike? In which case you might go to Markham Nature Park. There's a lot of different ways you can approach this depending on what kind of hike you're looking for. All right, so let me play tourist here. Yeah. So I want some nice river views, and I've never, that's not exactly even true, but I have been to Savvy Island, but I'll, I'll pretend <laughs> for the sake of the podcast. I want some river views, and I've never been to Savvy. What should I get into out there? For me, it's the Warrior Point hike. This is one of the, I think, coolest hikes in Portland, and it's good. Pretty much any time of year. This time of year, it gets a little bit muddy on the trails. Okay. So it's, I think, a little better when it starts to dry up or you get one of those sunny days. Just a smidge. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a really, really nice hike. The cool thing about it is that at the very end of it, it's a little bit of a long hike. It's three and a half miles out. So a seven mile hike round trip out and back. But once you get to the end, this is along the um, sort of northeastern coast of Savi Island. You have the smallest lighthouse in Oregon huh? and one of the few lighthouses remaining on the Columbia River. This is the Warrior Rock Lighthouse. And it's just a little tiny thing constructed in 1889. And it's not open or anything. You can't really see it. And it's automated. So it's not like there's a lighthouse keeper out there mm -hmm. who's supplying it with oil or anything like that. But it's a really cool thing to find at the end of a hike. You know, we talk about yeah. going on a hike, it's nice to have some kind of reward. Yeah. Whether it's a view or it's a waterfall, or in this case, a little lighthouse. And you get the nice views of the Columbia River there from Savi Island. And it's a lesser trafficked area too, I would have to imagine. It's not gonna be swarming with people, say the way Piddock Mansion might be. Not typically, although I will say the trailhead is just beyond the nude beach at mm. Savi Island. So it does have a lot of traffic from people who are maybe turning around in that parking lot. Okay. More people know it because a lot of people, of course, go to the nude beach there. Okay. So tourist option number two, or just curious Portlander option number two. I want a bit, little bit more of a meditative, a little bit more of a quiet hike. You shouted out an option a little bit earlier. Yeah. Markham Nature Park. It's one of these lesser traveled parks. It's one of my favorite spots. You can do a pretty much a loop hike in there, three, four miles. But the cool thing about it is that the trails all connect. So you can just keep walking in circles and figure eights. And they all kind of look the same. I don't know if you've had this experience yeah. in trails and you're in the forest and they kind of run together. And that's why I love this place as sort of like a walking meditation because you can kind of get lost and just let your feet take you and you'll end up back at the start eventually at some point. And so this leads me to something I wanted to talk about in a bit, but similar experience going up at the Hoyt Arboretum. Oh, right? yeah. So I have referred to the Hoyt Arboretum as one of Portland's lesser known gems. And of course, there are many, many people who do know about it and do use the trails and it's plenty busy of a place, but I don't really hear people talking about it as much. And one of the things I like about going up to the Arboretum is kind of a pick your own adventure kind of setup where the trails are all really well marked and you're able to just be like, okay, I want to hike for about four miles today 
or go on a run for about four miles today or six miles or a mile and a half. And you can pick different sections of trail and loop them together, wander around and make that possible. And I find that to be really fun if you just have a portion of the afternoon or a few hours between this and that. You want to get outside, really enjoyable place to do it. I agree wholeheartedly. I think I love Hoyt's um, short little sections of trail like that. What I like to do too is go to the visitor center when I get there Mm. and say, hey, what's in bloom right now? Where are the flowers? Where are the berries? I went there in earlier this winter and the woman at the front desk told me, oh, the holly berries are popping right now. You should go check those out. Mm -hmm. And that's just, again, a little tiny short hike just right next to the visitor center. But you get to see all these cool variations in holly berries. And that's just one of the ton of things you could do there. There's the redwoods, of course, Mm -hmm. and there's all kinds of plants. Yeah, I was going to shout out the redwoods, but on one note, similar to what you just described, the Arboretum also features its seasonal highlights on its website. Oh, do that. So if you want to go ahead of time and scope out maybe where you might want to hit or things you might want to see, just hop on the website. We'll Google search. will take you right there. Well, that's certainly convenient. Not bad, right? Not bad. And Jamie, I will also recommend listeners go check out your story about the holly berries. You wrote about this recently, and I learned a bunch of stuff I didn't know. Yeah. Go check it. You think you know holly berries, but you don't. I I knew very little, <laughs> and now I know plenty. So uh, we'll drop that in the show notes uh, so, so folks can go read about it themselves. And a, a second trail that I want to mention to Jamie is one that you referenced briefly at the beginning of this episode is the Wildwood Trail. Kind of, if I do say so, Portland's gem of its trail system, right? A 30.2 mile trail spanning, geez, I think it's Northwest Newberry Road all the way into Washington Park. We actually ran, my partner and I ran the entirety of the Wildwood Trail for a previous Peak Northwest video episode that we'll also link to in the show notes. But one of the things I like about it is that you can pop in for another kind of choose your own adventure type setup. There are many trailheads that access the Wildwood Trail and there are long sections, short sections, medium length. You can basically find a route or find a section of the Wildwood Trail that works for you, no matter how much time you want to spend in the woods. So my partner, Brooke, and I spent many hours, uh, you know, several hours, maybe eight or so on the trail, running the length of it, running, walking, hiking, very slowly proceeding uh, (laughs) toward the end. You could also spend 45 minutes running a short section or doing a little hike. So that on top of the fact that there's just gorgeous scenery throughout and long stretches where it's pretty remote and there's not a lot of uh, access points. It's it's a real gem. Yeah, I feel like Forest Park, especially where a lot of the Wildwood Trail runs through. Yeah. It's a kind of another one of those places where it's quiet and forested mm-hmm. and you kind of lose yourself in it. Yeah. I don't know if you had that experience when you were up there. I mean, there was one, our, our second leg, and we broke our run into four legs of varying distance, meaning that we would be able to meet back up with our video and support crew, get some water, get some food, and ultimately rest and regroup a little bit. I think it was the second leg. It was 15-ish miles, if I remember correctly. And there were not a lot of places to access the trail during that stretch. So you really get quite a ways out there. 
and aren't passing a lot of other folks. And it was just really quiet and enjoyable. And we happened to get great weather, that crisp, cool weather that you get in the fall and really just had this quiet, beautiful experience. And I would recommend the trail to anyone looking for a full day or 45 minutes. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I love about the Wildwood Trail is that ability to dip in and dip out and hike at whatever length you want. Yeah. It is known as, as Portland's sort of long distance hiking trail, but I do want to tack on a little bit more for those who, for one reason or another, want to hike even more than the 30.2 miles that are there. And that is the Markham Trail, okay. which you can pick up in Washington Park when you get to the end of the Wildwood Trail. And that'll take you all the way down to the Willamette River. And that's about another five and a half miles or so. Okay. It's not quite as, as simple as hiking the Wildwood Trail, which is all sort of forested trail. You kind of have to navigate some city streets here and there. But it's another beautiful way to add even more distance for those who want to, you know, go a full 35 miles or so. That's true. There are plenty of runners out there who'd be interested in doing something like that. And one of those places where you can do all of it, do part of it, you know, it is accessed by multiple city streets. You can just turn around and go back the way you came if you're looking for a little bit shorter of an experience as well. And it's just amazing to me, just looking at the map here of Wildwood Trail connecting to the Markham Trail. I mean, if you were to hike that whole thing, you're going from the Willamette River through Markham Nature Park up to Council Crest, which is one of the highest points Mm -hmm. in Portland. And then you're going through Washington Park, past the Oregon Zoo, past the Hoyt Arboretum, past the Portland Japanese Garden, up to Piddock Mansion, and, and then through Forest Park. It is like a who's who of the hiking trails in Portland, right? <laughs> and see, the sad thing is, is I, I'm out here thinking, oh yeah, I've done the longest trail in Portland. I did all 30.2 <laughs> miles. I'm sitting pretty. This is great. And then you come in and boom, here's five point, <laughs> oh, no. I think 5.5 more. Am I Something right? Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. And you know, I still feel pretty happy about it. And As I you should, I don't expect to uh, go tack on any more mileage to that trail anytime soon, but Pretty cool option to think that you can go over 30 miles on just the Wildwood and then extend that via the Markham Trail in Portland parks. Yeah, that's what's kind of so beautiful about Portland is there's just so many places set aside for hiking or for getting outside that we really have a wealth of options when we want to get outside any time of year. That is absolutely the case, Jamie. And we're going to talk about another way to experience the outdoors in the Portland area after a short break. All right, folks, we are back here talking about getting outside in the Portland area during the winter. And Jamie, one of the main reasons that people get outside is to experience nature and the wildlife around them. And you can definitely do that anywhere that we've mentioned so far. But people who live in and around Portland have, thankfully, a lot of places where they can go specifically to seek a brush with wildlife. And Jamie, you wrote recently about 10 wildlife preserves close to the city. Care to enlighten us on a couple of your favorites? Yeah, this is, um, I think, a great way to go out and see, as you said, some wildlife and see some animal life out there, especially in seasons where you have a lot of waterfowl nesting and a lot of other animals that are out there. If you kind of look at a map, uh, which I have in this post, of where these wildlife preserves are, they're kind of scattered a bit farther outside of Portland in the suburbs, not quite as clustered as some of the hikes we've been talking about. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a few that I really like getting to, especially if you want to get out of town a little bit more. My favorite is um, Steigerwald Wildlife Refuge, which is just in the gorge, just past Washougal. And it's it's a great spot 
you're looking at that those great gorge views, yeah. that view of Mount Hood, and at least when I went there around this time of year, I saw tons of great wildlife. There were geese, of course, and some other little small birds that I cannot identify. You're not a birder, Jamie? I mean, I, I wish I could. I love watching birds, but I don't have, my brain does not work in the way that keeps that knowledge of what the scientific and, and common names of birds are. You really got to go out with the intent of probably either a lot of background knowledge or an intent to really learn and, and figure out about the birds. All respect to, to birders yeah. and people who do that. Uh, I think it's amazing. Yeah. I, I go too. out with a pair of binoculars um, to see the birds because, you know, you want to be able to get a closer look somehow. Or if you have a camera that has a good zoom on it, that's yeah. a good way too. Steigerwald is just a really great spot. Like I said, you've got the great views and mm-hmm. just a great preponderance of wildlife out there. Cool. I like that. And I want to shout out similarly, one that's a little bit closer to town. In fact, a lot of people can access on foot, bike, or a very short bus ride or car drive is Oaks Bottom Wildlife Refuge in Southeast Portland, only a few miles away from downtown and 168 acres set aside for wildlife and a couple of different trails. And it's just one of those places I was actually running through the park on a recent weekday. And encountered very few other people and just a nice relaxing jaunt through a couple of pretty trails that I really enjoyed. One pretty trail in in particular, kind of running alongside kind of this wetland area. I was listening to actually a recent episode of our Beat Check podcast. So I I had uh, some headphones uh, in in the ears and and wasn't paying full attention to the sounds of the birds and everything, as I maybe should have. But (laughs) it was a really really enjoyable little run and and one that I'll be returning to. I think it's a really interesting little spot. I'm glad you brought it up. It's kind of tucked away, isn't it? Yeah. You've got, you know, the Springwater Corridor is right there. Oaks Amusement Park is right there. Mm -hmm. It's kind of this nice little pocket tucked away. It's tucked in there. That's the best way to describe it. And a real easily accessible trail for anyone going down the Springwater or living or generally hanging out anywhere in inner Southeast Portland. Easy to get to. I want to highlight another one of these little tucked away ones. Sure. Um, this is Smith and Bybee Lakes. Tell me about it. It's a little preserve up in North Portland. And this is, it's kind of an interesting spot. And it's up in that kind of industrial area mm-hmm. near Kelly Point Park, where you see a lot of the big trucks coming through, a lot of the shipping traffic on the Columbia River there. I mean, it's this little wetland preserve uh, with a bunch of little paved trails that go through. I think it's perfect for families, for people who maybe uh, are in wheelchairs or with walkers. It's all flat and they're pretty short trails to walking through there. When I was in there, I saw just so much wildlife. There were bald eagles, there were turtles popping up out of the water. I found a a fish on the ground that an eagle had apparently feasted on its tree and dropped. Oh. So that was an interesting thing to come across on the trail. I can imagine so. And it's just, again, kind of one of these unexpected pockets of of nature out there in an otherwise pretty industrial and dare I say unspectacular locale. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, Kelly Point Park is is a nice spot. You know, it's put aside for beaches and all that. This is just this all this wetland area being put aside for wildlife in otherwise a very urban and industrial setting. I think it's cool that they do that here. Yeah, I'd say, and something that it kind of fits with our theme of easy getaway is something you can do with a couple of hours in the afternoon or half of a morning or whatever you might have. Yeah, I feel like a lot of us in Portland think about getting out into nature as an escape from the city. Mm-hmm. Oh, we want to get away from get the Get out of Portland. Right. And when we have less time or the weather is not great, I think it's easier to sort of turn in and say, okay, where in the city can we find nature without having to, to leave? My kind of winter routine 
oftentimes hinges on going skiing for one day up on Mount Hood, uh, if the conditions are okay, and then spending a second day, the second day uh, in the city, making a breakfast at home or going out for a brunch, doing some sort of centerpiece activity during the day. It doesn't have to be much. Going on a run in Forest Park or picking a hike in Tryon Creek or doing something like that that just kind of gives you a little dose, a little rejuvenation before you head back in and start your work week. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to put it. And these are great spots too when we do get a little bit more daylight that in the weekdays you can maybe hit after work. For sure. You know, I see people a lot at Savi Island once we get into the spring or even in the late summer, early fall, hitting those places up just before sunset. You know, you leave work, maybe you bring a picnic lunch with you and you take it to one of these little places and get a little bit of, of nature before heading home. Yeah, that's really nice. Uh, you know, the I, I live fairly close to Oaks Bottom and that's essentially what I did uh, earlier this month. Got home, you know, I, I work an early shift, so I get off work, uh, you know, news notwithstanding by about 2 p.m. And went home, put on my running shoes, and did a quick run through Oaks Bottom and really enjoyed it. And it was just kind of a nice little respite before I came home, made dinner, and settled in for the night. That sounds really nice. Yeah, not bad. So, Jamie, we're, I'd like to wrap up the episode by kind of talking about uh, some of the stuff we always talk about here at the end, which is what do you got coming up here soon? Boy, you know, the winter is is a bit of a tough time, isn't it? No, I mean, it is a, a difficult time unless you like to go play in the snow specifically. You can be jonesing for, for stuff to do. Yeah, I think I'm actually probably going to take a page from uh, our notebook here and go out and hike some of these smaller trails in and around Portland. Nice. Just to keep that activity alive, just to give myself that little bit of nature that I need to keep my happiness up. I like that. You got to practice what you preach. And we've been talking a heck of a lot about uh, trails close to home. So that's right. Time to get after it. Well, Jim, how about you? What, what is next on your itinerary? So next on my itinerary, I've been looking forward to this one for a long time and uh, have referenced it on the podcast actually before, but I am heading out this week actually for Sun Valley, Idaho to do a, my kind of centerpiece ski trip of the year. And I've never really done before kind of a more blockbuster, several-day ski vacation. And this year, we were able to wrangle some friends, and we have six of us, and we are heading out to Sun Valley. We're all going to drive you know, through the gorge, through Boise, and settle into a, a condo in Sun Valley for several days and do a little skiing, do a little relaxing, make some good meals really excited about it. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. I'm super excited for you specifically because I know how much you love skiing and love getting out there. And you're just saying how you were looking for that that sort of bigger blockbuster trip. Yeah. Something to do this time of year. I'm trying to do one more signature trip of each season this Mm -hmm. year, and then obviously spend the rest of the weekends and whatnot doing other great things, but maybe less of a, a big trip kind of mentality. And I've never before done a ski trip that has, I, I went up to Mount Baker a couple of years ago and did just a cabin and two days of skiing. And, and this, I don't know exactly how many days we'll ski. It might only be two, but it's a, a bit more travel to get there, a bit more of an experience in terms of commitment and duration. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And Sun Valley's new for me. I've never been there. Idaho is a beautiful, beautiful spot. I'm excited for you to check it out. Yeah, I've driven through uh, on my way to the Tetons and Yellowstone National Park, but I've never paused in the Sun Valley area 
and didn't actually even turn off the highway to go check out Sun Valley at all. So yeah, it's going to be great. I can't wait to hear more about that from you, Jim. I'm sure I'll have something to tell you. Yeah. I think for now, it's probably time to wrap things up for today. I would say so, Jamie. Um, so until next time, you can subscribe to the Peak Northwest podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram at Peak Northwest. This episode of the podcast was produced by me, Jim Ryan, alongside Jamie Hale and Brooke Herbert. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this. 10 seconds of Zen.